Welcome to Better Yet, the Better Trucks podcast. Fireside chats with innovators, visionaries, and leaders in last mile parcel deliveries. Episode four, using technology to help shippers pivot in the parcel industry. Today's guests, Nate Indicott of Inveo and Josh Fredman of Better Trucks. Your host, Denise McCann. I'm Denise McCann with Renegade Logistics Group. Thank you for joining today's podcast. I have Nate Endicott with Enveo, and I have Josh Fredman with Better Trucks. So let's jump right in with this. Uh, Being able to make adjustments and decisions on the fly, even when they involve complicated technology or logistics, has become so critical in a shipper's success. And that's why we're here today. I'm excited to welcome both of my guests. Good to spend some time with you two. Nate Endicott, SVP of Growth at Inveo. I've been in this industry since 2000, helping shippers and 3PLs leverage data and technology to optimize their supply chains and um, looking forward to our discussion today. Yeah, Nate, hey, good to, good to be on here with you. Uh, Josh Fredman uh, with Better Trucks. And, um, you know, we are a uh, parcel last mile delivery company. We're currently in about 20 metros in 14 states and growing quite a bit. And um, we have a completely connected network. And so, you know, in the eyes of the customer, we look a lot, we look a lot more like a, a national carrier. And um, that's the quick and dirty about us. So. so data, you can't turn around these days without hearing the term uh, data. I mean, everybody uses it. What's your take on the state of data and the impact that data is having on parcel delivery? Yeah, I mean, data, right? It's what's the definition? Everyone's got a different definition of data and visibility and how they're leveraging that, where they're at on their data journey. I think from an Inveo side and where we're at in today, um, today's economy and the industry is really, he who has it is is going to gain a competitive advantage and he who uses it is going to win. Um, it's not just about having data. It's how do you, you know, make it useful? How do you get accurate, complete and timely data? Um, I think the the toughest spot right now that we see is it just sits in multiple places, uh, whether that's your ERP, WMS, TMS, mm-hmm. OMS, all the Frankenstein S's, it, data just sits everywhere and you've got to be able to leverage it. And when shippers and 3PLs need um, this data, uh, they're typically needing it to be able to make better decisions faster. Um, and as we're on this, you know, discussion today and spending some time together with better trucks. It's really how do we help, you know, shippers, um, you know, go solve some of their problems uh, better by leveraging more of a, a data first or becoming a more data driven approach versus, um, you know, doing it a different tactical old school way. Yeah. And I think you hit it spot on. I mean, I think from our standpoint, data, you know, not only helps convert clients, but also helps create uh, better transparency, not only to the shipper, but also to the end client. And that's really what folks crave today. And that's really what they want. And so I think that um, specifically with better trucks, we have a transparency first approach. And I think that, you know, any data that we can get our hands on and make into usable, actionable um uh, make it usable, usable or actionable is really beneficial to everyone involved. And that's, um, that's really what we focus on. So Nate, you said something, you said one of the primary um, challenges is that the data resides in different uh, places. 
Do you two help shippers understand what data they even need? Yeah, I mean, I think on the Inveo side, I mean, think of a, a shipper, a retailer, manufacturer, distributor, someone that's got, you know, especially on this last mile side, you do have a ton of data. I think what they lack is um, maybe the actionable insights. They're looking for the answer. They're looking for, can this be done? You know, they have archaic systems, they have systems in there that it's hard to, to integrate new final mile providers. IT's telling them it's going to take 16 to 32 weeks. Um, you know, they've got a, a current system that might be a 10 month integration to a carrier. And you've just ran a model through Inveo that shows that, hey, you could go use better trucks and save 250 grand. Go take this, talk to Josh and team and go implement it. And they're like, but I can't, you know, how can I go do that? And so I think everybody's looking for a way that um, to get away from the typical guys that say, hey, here's an Excel spreadsheet. We ran this. Have fun. Go see if it can work. Model versus, hey, this is an accurate picture of what you have in place or in front of you from an opportunity standpoint that's real. Let's figure out a way that we can go and help you execute on this so that you win, um, your customers win, you can enhance customer experience, uh, reduce costs, improve performance, uh, and make it a win-win for everybody. Josh, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, I think that, you know, data is, is a big part of the issue in this industry. I think the other, you know, big uh, item is, is technology. And so, you know, not only how can you, again, how can you provide transparency, how you can provide actionable um, information, but then how can you make it easier for the, the shipper to, you know, um, realize that opportunity. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's very similar to, um, it's, it's the parcel space, obviously, which is where we're talking about it primarily today, but it's other parts of uh, the supply chain as well. This movement towards multi-carrier has been well underway for a few years, now thanks to software, software-driven optimization. What's the greatest driver right now? It, 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 I call it, who's going to be the last man standing, right? This, this last mile space, which, which I love watching grow, who's going to be the last man standing and what's going to be the driver? Josh, you want to take it or me? Yeah, I'll let you, you, you go first. I mean, should we wait and see after June or July? And then we'll <laughs> kind of see. Um, I mean, Denise, I think there, I mean, I, even this morning, you know, we're constantly having conversations with retailers um, and anybody that's kind of fighting to figure out, hey, how do we win in this last mile space? Um, I think it really is going to depend on a, a few things, which I think we'll touch upon here briefly. But uh, I think that, the multi-carrier piece is something that has been around obviously for many, many, many years. Regional guys way back when tried to all hub together and figure out, hey, can they go do this? Mm -hmm. and I think what you find is that, um, again, data and technology, and then can they really pull it off? Talk is cheap. Um, and that's where I think in the next you know, few months to even probably for the next year and a half, with money softening and banks, you know, having a hard time keeping mm -hmm. some of these guys afloat. Um, 
it's going to come down where it's the proof is not in the pudding, it's in the eating. And I think that guys like better trucks that have a solid um, financial background, but are, are moving at a pace that they can consume the business, deliver on the business. Um, it's exciting to see for some of them, others, it's going to be, uh, they're going to wake up and be looking to join probably better trucks, but it's definitely here to stay. And I think with the big two or big three, if you will, there's so much opportunity and what's kept these shippers from being able to leverage these guys is it's trust, but it's really having the data and the technology piece to be able to not just hope that it's going to work, but that it, it actually you know can work to continue to improve performance and then deliver on some of their cost savings goals to continue to enhance the customer experience. Between the big two, UPS and FedEx, what percentage of the market share do regional carriers have, do you think, at this point? Oh, Denise, you're putting me on the spot. I would say it's still very small, probably uh, high, single single digits, high single digits, low teens. You know what, what that says to me? There's yeah. only one way up. I mean, there's only one way and it's up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm Nate will have to, to maybe fact check me there, but, you know, uh, just following up on what Nate was saying, you know, one of the things that I think is also important aside from um, the technology and and um, information piece is really uh, what services do you offer? What problems can you solve for the shipper, for the client? You know, maybe that's parcel, maybe that's parcel and something else. And so if there's an opportunity to be working with a client, a shipping client, and solve many opportunities or many problems that they have, parcel might be part of it. Uh, other other parts of the supply chain might be other, whether it's, you know, moving pallets around, moving other parts of freight around, you know, that's where I think, um, you know, companies like us can really go in and differentiate ourselves and make a difference. And so I think that's part of it. And then the other piece to it is, uh, you know, what we've seen is it's really tough uh, for a shipping client to do business with a uh, partner that has a, a smaller footprint or relies on receiving that volume in their uh, one of their facilities. And I think for us, you know, we've gone very, uh, we've made a lot of um, inroads in having a, a larger network and having a connected network. And so therefore it doesn't matter if it's a national carrier picking up at a dock door or better trucks, uh, we can still service, you know, uh, a large percentage of, you know, where those packages need to go and make it easier for the client. And so that's really what we focused on. That kind of leads into what we're going to talk about next are the dynamics or is the dynamic between national carriers and regional carriers. Now, with 26 years at one of the big two, I found that the barrier to entry could be mental, actually. It's a lot of this is how we've done it. And we don't want to go away from one carrier because we might lose our discount. We don't want to go to another. What if? Whatever. Um, that's what I found. But the dynamics between the, diff the differing national carriers and regional carriers. Uh, Josh, you, you want to go first? What do you think they are? Yeah, I mean, listen, I wish that we had a bunch of airplanes, uh, you know, <laughs> today. So. Do you really? Yeah. I mean, DC, so. out of his mind. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe someday. But, you know, that's obviously... Uh, you know, something that we aspire to, you know, someday. Um, oh, but in terms of, in terms of, 
you know, technology, you know, I actually think that we have a leg up on a lot of the national carriers. You might have heard in the news recently that FedEx just started doing proof of delivery photos um, at each delivery. You know, we've been doing that since the uh, since the beginning of Better Trucks. I think there's a big uh, differentiation there. We take the coordinates of where a package is dropped, uh, the geo coordinates, we pass that back to the client. Mm-hmm. Um, and so making sure that you can kind of drive up reliability and, and again, transparency, I think is, you know, very important. And, you know, that's where I think, uh, you know, Better Trucks and, and perhaps some other regionals out there have a leg up on, on the big carriers. Nate, in your dealings with obviously all of them, national and regional carriers, what do you think are the, the biggest dynamics? I mean, it comes down, I think, transparency. I think it comes down to just service aspect. Um, again, talk is cheap. You know, you can come out. <laughs> money has gotten a lot of people a, a long ways um, and spending other people's money is easy to do. Um, but I think, I mean, even I'll put it to a conversation I had this morning where it's, uh, you know, a retailer, a shoe retailer, um, they ship out a store, um, they have issues with a tech provider, they're trying to solve issues, they really only use FedEx and UPS today because they feel like, you know, regionals just haven't been able to, you know, help them or look at figuring out, hey, you know, to come in and do pickups, you know, and it's like some of these, <laughs> again, depending on who you're talking to, you know, either can or can't do it. So I think it's a little probably of a, a misconception. It's a misunderstanding. It's a lack of understanding. Um, it's a, hey, I've always done this, so I really don't want to break it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, it's a data play. They're looking for modeling and looking for where there are opportunities that are real. Um, shippers, retailers, manufacturers, distributors, 3PLs, anybody in this final mile space or anybody that's in logistics, how many strategies can you actually go and execute and implement a year? So they're trying to figure out, hey, where's the juice worth the squeeze? Um, Does it move the needle enough to actually make a difference? And then it all sounds great, but at the end of the day, we got to protect brand. And if we could shave, you know, two days off service and reduce costs, is it worth it? And some, the answer is absolutely yes. But I think there's, again, you're going to see a little bit of a shakeup with nationals and regionals, especially with what, you know, Josh and Andy and Better Trucks is doing to try to be more like a national. Um, and I think it's going to put a lot of pressure on some of these retailers, which is just an opportunity in my mind that it's, you know, going to be up to them. It's their choice because we're going to do everything we can from a data tech provider to help guys like better trucks, you know, come in and have a chance to help these retailers, um, you know, deliver on their initiative. If for the record, Nate, we are happy to do store pickups. So that's, that's why I brought that up, Josh. <laughs> we do, we so, do many, many store pickups every day. So. Yeah. So when I was in sales at one of the, the big two, nationals this was the time of year we took a breath right we you know got goals we took a breath etc and then we hit it may june july because august if, if you're not set and your and your clients aren't set it's it's kind of too late right august starts in, in imports etc so with that being said um, we have a couple of interesting developments uh, with perhaps a potentially uh, looming strike with UPS and uh, with FedEx, 
uh, a strike authorization uh, potential with the pilots. So going into that time of year, that <laughs> June, July, August, it's, it's like you said, it's gonna be interesting these next six months. Uh, Josh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so you know, I think if anything, this highlights the need within the industry to diversify uh, care. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, both as you said, both national carriers are having are having some uh, labor uh, woes or, or potential labor woes, um, and so you know, we've been hearing from many different shippers that you know we've never had a an opportunity to talk with previously because they're trying to figure out um, you know what type of opportunities there are if there's a strike. Um, and so, you know, we're glad to have those conversations and, you know, we are hopeful that, you know, despite the fact if there's a strike or if there's not a strike, you know, we'll have an opportunity to, you know, make inroads with those clients. I think that, you know, just that that's where, you know, Inveo and, and, you know, everything that they do from a, from a data standpoint can be invaluable or is invaluable to folks like us, because we have a better idea of, you know, where we need to be, what we need to be. Um, offering clients and and then you know when it comes down to you know converting the sale um, you know that having that information is you know invaluable so yeah I think again as Josh mentioned carry diversification has always been talked about and it's one of those things mm -hmm. people are like yeah you know there's options and you know we like what we have they're now being kind of like put in check it's like checkmate hey here you go push comes to shove um, if something happens, are you prepared? But it's it's not just, it's now moving forward. Again, they didn't have the options that they had previously um, where it's like, hey, we really didn't have an option. It's like you go on strike, mm -hmm. right? Um, and you still get arm wrestled down. Um, you know, I always kind of was on a phone yesterday, um, this weekend with a, a potential customer that's just been struggling with, you know, hey, they keep telling me this, you know, I'm like, yeah, that you have a great rate. And they're like a $25 million small parcel shipper. And I'm like, look, until you get to about 750 million in spend, you don't really have a great rate. Um, and you need all exactly. the you need all the leverage you can get with and FYI, UPS and FedEx having 10 to 13 mathematicians on their staff is not in your, you know, best, best interest. You know, they're not looking out for you. <laughs> Now, they're great, you know, carriers and they've provided great service and they still will. But I think where the regional guys come into play right now um, around this potential UPS strike and FedEx on the pilot side, again, he who has data and the technology and wants to think outside the box to go do this better, um, to ship smarter, faster, um, you don't have to move the needle a ton to make an impact. And I think if you give the regional guys like better trucks an opportunity to service you um, and they deliver, I mean, if you entrust them with a little, go and trust them with a lot. And I think you're going to see this sway over the next six months to probably a year and a half to two years where more and more and more volume will be shifted to the regionals um, because it, it just makes sense. And now they start trusting um, you know, this process that it's working. But mm -hmm. I do think that the UPS strike uh, is causing people to finally, oh crap, this actually could potentially happen. Or when the timing hits um, with all the things that you read, 
will it be July? Will, will, will it really be solved? And then are you stuck mm -hmm. peak season now all of a sudden not having an option? So you have a choice. You better figure it out. I think one of the things that Nate said was really is really key, which is where, you know, a lot of folks think that if they give regionals a small piece of the pie, that they're going to lose their tiered discounts. Mm -hmm. And I think what I think one of the opportunities is, you know, if you lose a tiered discount, but you've made up for it by the savings that you've generated using a regional, you're ahead of the game. Yeah. And so, you know, it's about, you know, opening that door, taking uh, taking a call, making the decision to, to try it out. And, you know, from what we've seen with our clients, everybody seems to be really happy. So, well, this is a good opportunity with what's happening in the industry with the big two uh, to open the door to carrier diversification. I mean, really, it's like one big trade show, people just walking by. I mean, really, seriously, I'm sure your phones have been ringing. Um, and that's, that's going to be good to grab um, a couple more percentage points of, of, of market share. So continuous improvement mentality. I've seen better trucks more so than, than your company, Nate, and I've watched them grow with just thoughtful, prescriptive growth. Um, continuous improvement mentality. Uh, Nate, give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, how do you continuously help shippers get better, smarter, faster, deliver on their initiatives? We're constantly trying to improve, not just, you know, it's, everybody's got data. It's... Um, you know, giving them actionable insights, making it credible, um, making it mean something, making the juice worth the squeeze, moving the needle. So continuously to improve um, some of the tools that we're providing to help them, you know, trust this data and be able to go execute it is something that's on our roadmap. There's a lot of stuff that we're doing that's constantly moving, um, you know, forward. And VAO actually means to send um, to push forward, to move forward. So we're constantly trying, not just from a, a marketing side, but from a product side, how are we helping, um, you know, move product forward to help our customers move forward, move the needle forward. Uh, but I think that, you know, everybody's now in a, you know, a, a mind, a mind frame, mind shift to how do we constantly continuously move the needle and change. And I think it's, you know, it's going to just really depend on the shipper, depend on the tech company, depend on, you know, the data company of what they're doing. But I think everyone right now where we sit in this industry is kind of trying to figure that out. Like, hey, how do we take our mm -hmm. product out, enhance what someone else has? Or how do you, you know, a big part of con us continually moving the needle forward for our customers and our partners is partnerships. You know, how do you leverage partnerships? in the right way where it's not just marketing fluff, which you typically see mm -hmm. um, to really partner and be a good partner uh, that, you know, all three parties are really winning in the deal versus, you know, someone's getting their back scratched and people are feeling left out. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Josh, continuous improvement. I've watched you and Andy do this since I've known you. So what do you have on the whiteboard? Um, continuous improvement. What's, what's, What's in process or in progress at BetterBox? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, you know, continually trying to find ways to help clients solve their issues. And so whether that's uh, from a um, partnership uh, standpoint, whether that's from a service level standpoint, whether that's from a, hey, how can you help me get packages to areas that, you know, you don't 
you don't serve today standpoint. It's all of those types of kind of problem solving type uh, mindset that, you know, continuously drives value to a partnership. And, um, and again, data is, is inherently uh, an inherent necessity there. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Nate. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for being on this next episode of Better Yet. Thanks for listening to Better Yet, the Better Trucks podcast.